0: I like that. Ray Brown's Talking Birds,
1: made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com,
0: and by Vortex Optics with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com, and by Broom, where bird feeding meets innovation. Discover truly squirrel-proof bird feeders, all backed by lifetime care commitment. Learn more at brome.com.
1: Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Welcome to our show number 974. Well, we've lost Flacco the owl, the Eurasian eagle owl who became a New York celebrity known for escaping the Central Park Zoo last year. That was thanks to some vandals who cut a hole in his enclosure, and he evaded attempts to be captured, but died on Friday afternoon in an apparent collision with a building on the Upper West Side. The local rescue group Wild Bird Fund said its initial exam suggests that Flacco may have struck a window. A familiar story there, to be sure. They say there could be another cause, and necropsy will maybe provide the answer. On a brighter note, we have a couple of audio postcards from way down south. First from John Middleton in north central Florida. Good morning, John. Good morning, Ray. John Middleton here with Four Rivers Audubon. I'm in Lafayette County, Florida this morning, enjoying the beautiful property Mallory Swamp. The common yellow throats have begun to sing as if it were spring. Every hundred yards or so, another male perches atop one of the tie-tie and sings his fool head off. I hope spring starts for you soon. Get out there and go see some birds. Bye-bye. Thanks, John, for that beautiful audio postcard from Mallory Swamp kind of halfway between Jacksonville and Tallahassee, just northwest of Gainesville, Florida. By the way, John told us some things about Mallory Swamp, including the fact that it was the site of one of Florida's worst wildfires in 2001, with more than 60,000 acres burned, and that one timber company sold 30,000 acres to the Suwannee River Water Management District who've worked to restore surface water conditions and implement good land management practices. John says that the giant old cypress will take generations to be restored, but that it's a far better natural habitat now. Okay, now another audio postcard. We're catching up with this one. Jim and Don Greenway sent this to us right after the new year from a famous birding location in the southernmost islands of the caribbean good morning from the Acerite
0: nature center in trinidad and tobago and happy new year this is jim and don greenway from utahua tennessee we're ringing in the new year with bells specifically bearded bellbirds the loudest birds in the world hope everyone is having a
1: great and happy new year and belated happy new year wishes to you jim and don and thanks for that beautiful audio postcard from Trinidad and Tobago. The Ace of Nature Center there. Well, that's an audio postcard. We just heard two of them, and we're looking for one more from anybody who'd like to send them. We have lots of audio postcards coming along, but we would love to hear more, whether you're in Trinidad and Tobago or out in the backyard. If you have a smartphone or other digital recording device, just go out there and describe the birds you're seeing. For 30 seconds or a minute or so and uh, send the resulting file to ray at talkingbirds.com that's ray at talkingbirds.com your audio postcard Um, what's next it's this it's a preview of our mystery bird contest coming along a little bit later on in the show And uh, just like last week, we have a very special extra something here, and that is that our winner today will be eligible for a special drawing on March 17th for a pair of Vortex Viper HD 8x42 binoculars or binocular. That'll be a special prize. If you're a winner today, you have an excellent chance of winning that. Our mystery bird is a medium-sized shorebird, about eight and a half inches long, kind of stocky with a slightly drooping bill. In the winter, it's mostly brownish-gray. In spring breeding plumage, it has a reddish-brown back and a black belly patch. Our bird, which breeds in the Arctic coastal regions and winters in the U.S. on the east, west, and Gulf coasts, gets its food, aquatic worms, bivalves, insects, by wading in shallow water and probing deep into the sand and mud. It's often seen on big flocks or in big flocks on beaches and mudflats. Great prizes await, including a $25 gift certificate for Bird Collective. A wonderful place, a one-stop shop for vintage-inspired apparel and unique accessories, all featuring birds. Plus, a big bag of our favorite coffee, shade-grown, bird-friendly, and truly delicious birds and beans coffee. And we'll have a bonus prize, too, if we get to our bonus question, if we have time for that this morning. And again, if you win the contest today, either with the right answer or by our weekly drawing, when we don't get a right answer, you'll be eligible for that beautiful Vortex binocular. And we'll do the contest in uh, just a little bit. But first, a salute to another Talkin' Birds ambassador who has joined our ambassadors program. And wouldn't you know, I don't have the name of the ambassador printed right here, so I'm I'm not able to uh, mention it, but we'll find it uh, at some point during the uh, program here (laughs) and salute our new ambassador. Talking Birds ambassadors our listeners who kind of step up to a new level and help us spread the word about birds and conservation, which is what we are trying to do to join up. Pretty easy to do. Just go to TalkingBirds.com and then click on the Get Involved tab. Still to come today, we'll ask Gino Ellison, who recently completed a fabulously successful big year, how he did it. Also today, Mike O'Connor will join us for a "Let's Ask Mike" live segment, in which he reveals his advice for a listener or a a shopper, I guess, or and listener who called the store and asked him about help with pigeons or for help. Pigeons. Of course, Mike is on Cape Cod. I don't know if they have any pigeons there or not, but he still knows what to do, and I'm sure he offered some good advice. Up next, one of America's most strikingly beautiful birds is today's featured feathered friend. Wood duck seems like an awfully plain name for a most spectacular-looking bird. The male wood duck doesn't have an overall color, His crested head is green and purple, accented by white stripes. His back is brown. His white flecked breast is purple-brown. His belly is white. His flanks are a buffy yellow. His white throat extends into two bars, one vertical and one forming a partial collar. His legs are a subdued yellow and his wings feature a large blue speculum. The female is striking in her own way too, with her white-spotted flanks, dark eyes surrounded by a teardrop-shaped white patch, a white belly, and a blue-gray bill. Wood ducks usually nest in cavities in trees close to water, although they will use nesting boxes, especially in wetland locations. Females typically lay 7 to 15 eggs, although if things get too crowded among nest boxes, females have been known to lay eggs in the nests of their neighbors. That may lead to nests containing a couple dozen eggs or more. It's a behavior known as nest dumping and can result in hatching failures. Just a day after hatching, the precocial ducklings climb to the opening of the nest cavity or box and jump down toward the ground as the mother guides them to water where the ducklings can swim already and find their own food. Not surprisingly, Wood ducks prefer to nest over water to provide the hatchlings with a soft landing. The wood ducks range extends across the eastern half of the US and parts of the far western states year-round, with some wintering in the southwest and down into Mexico. The female's call is much louder than that of the males which is a rising and falling thin whistle. Here's the female, then the male. By the way, some good info on putting up a wood duck nest box can be found at Cornell Labs' nestbox.org website. Just look for the All About Bird Houses tab there. The Wood Duck, Ex Sponsor. Today's Talking Birds featured Feathered Friend. Welcome again to our show, number 974. A big year is a personal challenge or an informal competition among birders who attempt to identify as many species as possible by sight or sound within a single calendar year and within a specific geographic area. Popularized in North America, big years are commonly done within single U.S. states and Canadian provinces, as well as within larger areas like the entire world, the lower 48 continental U.S. states, or within the official American Birding Association area. If that sounds like a Wikipedia entry, I believe that's what it was, as a matter of fact. Well, our guest this morning has completed in spectacular fashion that American Birding Association area big year. His name is Gino Ellison, and he joins us now. Good morning, Gino.
2: Good morning, Ray. How are you today?
1: I'm well, and thank you so much for being with us. We've been following you as you've been doing your big year all through the year of 2023. And you have done that American birding Association area if I'm correct, and you can correct me on this part. it's the continental United States, so that would include Alaska, and it also includes Hawaii and then offshore areas is that about right
2: that's correct Ray.
1: that's correct and you scored a pretty big number here, and it took me a while to digest this, so i'm going to if i if I, <laughs> if I if I choke a little bit when I say this, you'll understand, but Gino identified 801 species of birds in that calendar year. Just incredible. Uh, Gino, I want to ask you how you did it, and what are the rules you had to follow? People always wonder, you know, can I just go out there and say I saw all these birds, or how does it work?
2: Well, that's a great question, Ray. You know, for me, uh, I'm thinking of the, the the fun movie, The Big Year, mm-hmm. where Owen Wilson had a famous line, and he says, that, my friend, is rarefied air. So 800 <laughs> birds really was mm. not a number that I thought that I could uh, achieve. Uh, my original goal was to see 600 birds. I had some stumbling blocks I had to get around. and But by the end of the year, I really learned how to use eBird. And mm-hmm. how to network and mm-hmm. uh, focus on getting myself into areas that had a lot of birds, so that I could see a lot of birds. Shorten the number of trips to keep my costs down, things like that. Mm-hmm. But in the end, uh, it was a fantastic. It was a really fantastic experience. But with regards to some of the rules, I became. I'm a rule. I'm a rule guy, Ray, mm-hmm. and so I became a stickler for the rules here. So, mm-hmm. um, I'll just give you some examples. I said to myself that by the end of the year, I wanted my list to be beyond reproach. So no bird was added to my checklist unless, one, um, I had witness, Mm -hmm. I had a sound recording of the bird, and uh, the other option, obviously, would be to have photographs that displayed the critical field marks to confirm each and every one of those birds. So Mm -hmm. if I didn't have a witness or if I didn't have a sound recording or if I didn't have a photograph that clearly showed the field marks of the bird to identify it, then I didn't count it.
1: And some of the statistics you've uh, provided here to to back that up, Gino, are pretty incredible. In terms of the number of photographs you submitted, 1,624. That's a lot of film. You must have had a lot of film canisters.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, thank God for <laughs> digital cameras, Ray, because now we can all shoot on, on those SD cards. We don't have to send things out to Kodak. But... At the end of the year, I, I've not noticed this in prior years, but eBird does a fantastic job. They send every eBird subscriber a list of all the things uh, that they, that, the, that uh, the, to- the totals from all the checklists. So I did have 801 birds reported, uh, 729 species were photographed. And as you just said, a total of over 1,600 photographs were submitted. But I also submitted uh, sound recordings for 246 species, a total of 1,172 checklists were submitted over almost 1,600 hours of actually using eBird. And it actually registered how far I walked, 3,126 miles walked during the wow. year. Just amazing. That's, just amazing.
1: That is just, just incredible. Amazing is, is, uh, is, is the word for it. Well, you mentioned eBird. I mean, that's so much help through that. But you still need uh, the old-fashioned people connection, right, to
2: really find the birds you are you are right Ray I'll tell you I became very good friends with David and Tammy McQuaid from Fort Myers Florida they are spectacular people they are remarkable birders and they are incredible big year birders but here's a quote uh, from a, a ride in the car while birding with David and Tammy that Tammy said to me Gino no one has ever done an ABA big year completely by themselves Without help from anyone or anything. Mm-hmm. eBird has really uh, done some remarkable things. Uh, my good friend Noah Stryker from Oregon, his global big year, he did all of his logistics and all of his planning based on eBird. Uh, and also, uh, as you and I have talked before, I had so many friends, people I didn't know, people that I met along the way, folks I knew here from home that helped put me on birds, that helped give me ideas. Uh, you, you can't do this alone, Ray. You need help mm-hmm. from your friends. And and I just learned over time, you need to ask. You need to ask for help. Uh, and from the famous Harry Potter movie, right? Help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who ask. So <laughs> I asked everywhere that I went. You and people were so wonderful.
1: You had a great time, I know. But, uh, you know, with an undertaking like this, there has to be those times, I would guess, when you'd say, gee, I, I don't know. Maybe any second thoughts
2: as you were going through? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Yes. While I was out there, Ray, so many times, you know, it's a lonely proposition. It's not just expensive. It's not just exhausting. It's a lonely proposition. I was by myself 95% of the time. And I have a wonderful wife. My wife, Kate, is so supportive of everything that I do, but Kate's not a birder, Ray. And so here I am out there away all the time, probably over half the year, and I'm expending money, and you know, I'm worried about her. She's running the household and doing all that. We also have three adult children. We have four grandkids. I love them all. I want to be part of their lives. And things were going on in their lives while I was away. And I did. I had reservations about what am I doing out here? Should I? Okay. But in the end, uh, the biggest, uh, you know, one of the biggest concerns I had is uh, my mom passed away in mm-hmm. December. Race, right? 94 years old, fabulous lady. I adored her every day of my life. But during the year, she, her, her health deteriorated. So I made six different trips down to Florida to spend time with her. She passed away early in December. And I was away in Minnesota birding with Frank Nicoletti, having a great time at Saxon mm-hmm. Park. But, uh, you know, I, so there were a lot of things on my mind I was worried about. And I did have a lot of reservations. I think that's mm-hmm. only natural when you're doing uh, this type of a task. But uh, okay. in the end, it was all very, very positive. hmm
1: one other thing, Gina, we're getting close to being out of time here, but um, there's a carbon footprint involved here, impact, Yes. doing all this traveling and stuff, but you did something to try to offset that. Tell us about that quickly. I, I did, Ray. and
2: As you know, I've already been asked to, to do a lot of speaking about my big year, and I'm often asked that question, you know, are, were you concerned about your, you know, your carbon footprint? And the answer is yes, I was very concerned mm-hmm. about it. So through my investment broker, I purchased carbon credits. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's easy if you keep track of all the mileage that you, you drive around the country, the airfares and all that travel to come up with a number, and then you can purchase carbon credits mm-hmm. to offset that. And that really, uh, it's not a lot of money, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really made me feel much better about uh, you know, that type of, of focus on also being concerned about the ecology. So there's a way to offset mm-hmm. that and it's very easy.
1: He's Gino Ellison. Some call him Gino the Machino. Actually, that's what I call him. But <laughs> he's also been known as Gene the Machine. <laughs> you can yes. understand why. And uh, next time we'll talk about uh, your bass fishing because that's where you got the name Gene the Machine, I think. <laughs> Gino, I How think do you, you do it, right? I think the best way for folks to uh, kind of follow you and keep up with what you're doing is uh, at this Instagram address: tbmachine801. That sound right?
2: It's exactly right. So I put my bird photos on there. I'll continue to put birds from last year as I process those. So there'll be new images every day.
1: We know where you got that number from. TB Machine 801, Gino Ellison, 801 bird species in a calendar year. Gino, it's just amazing. And thanks again for being with us. All the best. Thank you, Ray. Gino Ellison here on Talking Birds. And up next, our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more or if you need help choosing your next optic, Give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit VortexOptics.com. There's our mystery bird. It's our mystery bird contest. We'll describe the bird in a moment and uh, indicate the prizes, but I want to make a reminder, too, that if you're the winner on today's contest by getting the right answer, or even in a drawing if we don't get the right answer, You will be entered into a very special drawing for a Vortex Viper HD 8x42 binocular. We'll announce the winner on March 17th, so the odds are pretty good here. 781-837-4900 is the number. I'll give it again in a moment. Our mystery bird is a medium-sized shorebird, kind of stocky with a slightly drooping bill, mostly brownish-gray in winter, reddish-brown back and a black belly patch, In breeding plumage, our bird breeds in Arctic coastal regions and winters in the U.S. on all the coasts, east, west, and gulf. It's often seen in big flocks on beaches and mudflats, feeds by probing deep into the sand and mud with its long drooping bill. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. Wonderful prizes right away today from Birds and Beans, a big bag of that delicious bird-friendly and shade-grown coffee, and a $25 gift certificate for Bird Collective for vintage-inspired apparel and unique accessories, all featuring birds. That's our Mystery Bird contest. Call us as soon as possible at 781-837-4900. And then it's Mike. It's Let's Ask Mike is what it is. Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute.
2: (laughs) Welcome to a world where bird feeding is enjoyable for both you and your feathered friends. Introducing Squirrel Buster Bird Feeders by Brome.
1: Our innovative feeders are designed to keep squirrels at bay, ensuring that your garden birds get their fair share. And the best part? We offer lifetime care for every feeder making your purchase worry-free. Transform your garden into a bird paradise and keep it that way forever. Sorry, squirrels, it's just for the birds this time. Visit brome.com, B R O M E.com to discover our full range of Squirrel Buster feeders and join the brome family today. Brome, where birds come first and our commitment to you lasts a lifetime. Mike O'Connor is down there on beautiful sun-splashed Cape Cod. It's Let's Ask Mike live. I just heard that sigh. Did you just come come in off the beach there?
0: (laughs) I was just finishing my 10K, Ray, every
1: every day. Every day a 10K. I know that's your slogan, a 10K every day.
0: It's more like Special K, but the same thing.
1: Mike, I don't think you have many pigeons on Cape Cod. I could be uh, wrong. Well, I should know that because I lived there for a long time. I just, you know, I don't remember that far back. But you have uh, um, a a listener and or uh, maybe customer who gave you a call and said, I've got a pigeon problem, and uh, you said what?
0: Well, Hey, give me a call. Yes, actually, he was uh, Mm -hmm. one of your ambassadors who gave me a call, and oh, oh. He, he said he's got his feeders out, and all of a sudden he's getting invaded uh, by pigeons coming to his feeder. And so he, he was looking for some advice. So I gave him some advice, and I, I imagine he's not the only one. Pigeons have been in this country for 400 mm. years, yeah. but they're still considered mm. and because they're not native. Mm. Um, and, and they can be a problem because pigeons are big. They eat a lot of food. They can dominate a feeder, and they usually don't, travel single leaf usually one shows up and then you end up with 20 and and they and then they like to roost on buildings and become a little bit of a nuisance yeah. so i tell people if pigeons become an issue first thing to do is take your feeders down no, nobody wants to do that but that's what you should do they're there for a reason they there because there's food available so i'd remove the feeders i would remove the source of food and eventually the, the feeders the feeders, the birds will will move on, and then you can reintroduce your feeders. And there are feeders that pigeons can't deal with. You know, if you have a mm-hmm. tray out there, you'll get pigeons landing on it. Mm-hmm. But they have feeders that that are weighted. Especially um, one of your sponsors, Bro, makes excellent feeders. So you can adjust the weight. Yeah. So if, if yeah. something large like a pigeon gets on, it just shuts down, shuts off the so- mm-hmm. source of food. They can't get to they can't get to it. Um, there are other feeders that uh, that we sell a lot of there are cages. There's a feeder inside a wire cage, mm-hmm. and the little birds go in and out and we sell them mostly to keep out squirrels and we'll say grackles a lot of people don't like, but the same thing would apply with pigeons that would keep them from from going in there. but there's also there's also always going to be food on the ground because birds mm-hmm. are a little bit slobby and they drop stuff, mm-hmm. and especially for people who And this is 99% of the world who like to use the dreaded mixed bird seed, which is a variety of seeds all (laughs) packed into one bag. And then people put it in the feeder, and then the bird comes, takes out what that particular bird likes, knocks the rest on the ground. So even if you have one of these cage feeders or these ones they can't land on, the food is going to end up on the ground. And you'll end up with pigeons. So I tell people, if they do have uh, pigeons coming, use sunflower seeds without the shells. That way, there's no mess, there's no waste, and there's no mess there on the ground, and you won't get any more pigeons.
1: Wow, beautiful! Hey, I want to give a little plug for Rosemary Mosco's book about pigeons. I would say the name of it, but I sort of don't remember right at the moment. But I'll look it up. (laughs) But if you look up, yeah, look up Rosemary Mosco, M-O-S-C-O. She has an absolutely wonderful. And of, I want to give pigeons. a, a
0: plug to yeah. your guest, Gino. Gino, all of a sudden he stopped by my store, and he was unbelievably pleasant. A lot of times these big gear birders are a little <laughs> bit on the nerdy, dull side, you know, kind of like David Claps of the world. Oh, but yeah. this guy was so nice and, and so sociable. I, I, I really <laughs> like meeting him, and congratulations to him.
1: Yes, indeed, indeed, indeed. Thank you, Mike, and we'll talk to you next I'm, week. You got it. Yeah, all right. right. Back to the mystery bird contest here in the time we have remaining. Beautiful prizes from Bird Collective and Birds and Beans. And our winner will be eligible for that Vortex binocular Viper HD 8x42 binoculars. About a $500 retail value on that binocular or pair of binoculars. And Chris is somewhere in Georgia, if I'm reading that uh, screen correctly. California. Oh, California. I knew there was an A in there, but I took the wrong guess. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, good morning, Chris. Hey, how's it going, Ray? It's going. It's going well. Sorry, got your state wrong to, oh, momentarily there, but welcome. And what do you think our mystery bird is, Chris?
0: Well, you know, I listened to the definition the first time and I missed it the second time. Hmm. Hmm. So my 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 guess isn't really that great. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to say hmm. dunlin.
1: Oh, is that the best you could do? Is a dunlin for a guess? Oh, that's the right answer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah! yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Nice job. You were very uh, modest about that, but you absolutely had it there. The uh, Dunlan um, is the correct answer. Beautiful. And uh, and I don't want to forget this, as I did last week. You are now eligible, Chris, in the drawing that we'll do on the 17th yeah. of March. Yes, right before spring arrives for that Vortex yeah. <laughs> binocular. All right. I'll give you a chance to calm down between now and then, Chris. And thank you so much uh, for calling. And we'll be sending you those prizes. Jess, so you'll get your repo. Thanks, Ray. Love the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. All right, Chris, somewhere in California, correctly identifying the Dunlin as our mystery bird. Well, it seems like that would make us be out of time here. By the time we finish our show today, we start working on next week's show. We hope you will join us for that. and also visit us on our website and on Facebook and uh, uh, Twitter or X, right, and all those other places. And thanks to our great Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Fray McGregor. And our producing engineer Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. It's a bird show. I like that. I Ray Brown's
0: Talking Birds.
1: Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. BirdwatchersGeneralStore.com.
0: And by Vortex Optics with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And by Brome, where bird feeding meets innovation. Discover truly squirrel-proof bird feeders, all backed by lifetime care commitment. Learn more at brome.com.